Thank you for tuning in to the True Grit and Grace podcast. I'm Amberly Lago, and I'll be sharing inspirational stories of resilience and empowering ideas to elevate your business and your life, ignite your passion, and fuel your purpose. Hey, y'all, thank you for tuning in to True Grit and Grace. I have to say, if you have ever felt like you're drowning in to dos and almost thrown in the towel, or if you feel like you're already behind by the time you wake up, or maybe you feel like you're a slave to the system who puts out fires all day long and you're working your tail off on just the edge of burnout. I'm so glad you're here because I have with us today, the one, the only Phoebe Mrochek. And I hope I said that. Okay. Like Mro, like bro, like Mrochek. Everybody got that Phoebe. Now, if you want to just Google her, go ahead and Google stalk her right now. She's got an incredible podcast. It's called unbecoming and Y'all, she is a business advisor. She's going to help us today. She's a marketing strategist to the most successful industry leaders, helping them intentionally create and integrate their own unique formula for mastery, deep connection, and fulfillment. Let's just say that one again, fulfillment. And I think you bring a whole lot of joy. But you know what, Phoebe? You had me when I read about you traveling to 15 different countries on a motorcycle. So I have so many questions to ask you. Thank you for being here on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited. I was just saying right before we start recording that I listen to your show. I love the guests that you bring on. So I feel so honored and humbled and I'm excited for today's conversation. Oh, well, thank you. I've listened to your show and I've been practicing your name and I'm like, okay, I want to make sure I get it right. Uh, it's a fancy last name. So y'all Google her, check her out on Instagram. By the way, thank you so much for being here. But we first met on a clubhouse room. We have a mutual friend, Anthony Trucks, and we were on a clubhouse room together. And I was like, who is this amazing lady? And we messaged each other on Instagram and we're like, Hey, you want to jump on a phone call? And we just had so many things in common. And now even today, you know, sometimes as an entrepreneur, it's easy to get caught up in almost like tunnel vision where you're, you're working on a project or I'm sometimes in this tiny little office recording all day or on Zooms all day. And to actually talk to someone who gets where you're coming from, who knows how it is to be an entrepreneur, it was like so refreshing to get to connect with you. And I'm really excited to share with everybody. I know there's a lot of people out there that have big dreams and big goals And it can be challenging. And I told you when we started on this interview, before I pressed record, I was like, I was almost in tears today. And I'm like, Amberly, get a grip on what's important, like get a grip. And so first of all, I want to know how you found your way into something of fulfillment and got out of your own way and stopped being burnt out and became the founder of Unbecoming. Can you share a little bit about what that looked like, where you were, and how you got to where you are now? Oh my gosh. I don't even know where to begin on that. There have been so many different paths that have brought me here. So I would say most significantly, I was a Division One college athlete. So I played soccer. Soccer was like my dream. It's what I worked for since the age of five. And I got there and was like, this is supposed to be this big, exciting thing that 
it's just not what I thought it would be, not what I was hoping I would feel like. So I made that shift. I quit, which was the first adult decision I had ever made when I was 19 years old. You know, it just crushed everyone around me because that was who I was supposed to be. Right. So moved into travel was like, okay, I got my feet wet in travel, wanted to go all over the place so we can speak to the motorcycle (laughs) trip, which is only a couple (laughs) years ago. Kind of got my feet wet, wanted to see the world, wanted to see more outside of what I knew to be true, which was soccer and soccer is the only way. And so inside of my travel, I started to see a greater sense of entrepreneurship has always kind of been in my blood, but I was toggling between traveling and working you know, starting my own business and then had several, several years of that, loving it. And I've always, I mean, travels in my blood. It's who I am just as much as entrepreneurship. And then one of the things that bonded you and me was two, almost two and a half years ago, I was hit by a car. So I was doing all the things right. If this felt like the second big shift. So the first one um, in soccer, when I was 18, kind of had this moment, this awakening, right? Where I was like, Everything that I thought was supposed to be one way is not that way. So what gives? In that same year that I quit, my dad actually passed away very suddenly. So I was dealing with that, Mm. having that crazy crossroads of my life and just like this real crisis of identity that came back again two and a half years ago when I thought I was doing everything right. I had a great business doing the things that I thought I was supposed to do on paper. My life looked amazing. Mm. And I'm crossing the street in Austin, Texas, get hit by a car mm. and completely blindsided as far as like, why is this happening right now? And again, came back that crisis of identity and was like, what am I actually doing? What's okay. Important? I have to ask you though. Cause I mean, I'm just asking because my daughter and I were just hit by a car in a crosswalk a year that. ago. And did you see the car coming? So all I remember, I remember crossing the street, like the little blinking light, you know, the man was blinking man. And I start crossing and I just turned to the side and I remember I touched the car as right before it hit me, but I just, I didn't even see it coming. It ran a red light. It turned right into me. And so I put my hand on the hood of the car And then the next thing I remember, I'm on the pavement on the actual road and I'm terrified. I hear screaming. I hear all these people, like all these women specifically screaming. And I just was so terrified that there was another car coming. Didn't really know what to expect. And that's all I remember. So I didn't see it coming. I saw it at the last second. And I just remember this white car hitting me. And that was the start of this uncovering of a whole new transition for me in my life on that part, were you taken and obviously taken to the hospital and how long were you in the hospital? So, you know, I actually refused the ambulance, which I've learned now is not the way to do things, but it was just the adrenaline in me. So there was a man behind me who also got hit and this man came, helped me up. And I was so concerned with everybody else being okay, which I think Mm. a lot of women can probably relate to, Yeah, you know, making sure he's okay. And the guy's like, am am I, are you okay? You're the one who got hit. I'm like, no, are you? And then the driver, I was like, are you okay? And, and so it was so much adrenaline that I didn't actually, so I ended up, I walked home and the whole walk home. What a miracle that you were able to walk home though, but I'm sure you felt it when that adrenaline wears off. It's like, 
The adrenaline is the best pain reliever. Oh my God. Talk about a powerful drug. But the minute that adrenaline leaves, it's like the pain can just come rising up to the surface. Were you in a lot of pain? I was holding so much together that I didn't realize I was hit three blocks from my house. Thank God, which was great. Cause then when I got home, the mantra that I was repeating the whole way home, I think so I could like keep it together was this is a gift. And I don't know why this is a gift. And I don't know why. And I got to my apartment and I just like, I got into the lobby of my building and I just dropped everything and started bawling. And the poor lady behind the front desk was like, what is going on? I'm like, I just got hit by a car. And I started like hyperventilating almost because I didn't know what really it just in that moment I could like actually release. And, and so by the time I got to my apartment, I started feeling the like heat in my legs and it just like my head was hurting. Everything was pounding my legs, my lower back. I mean, it was such an incredible pain and I had headaches for six months um, Mm -hmm. after, I mean, I was counting my headaches from 70 headaches a day to, I mean, it was just the most incredible healing and recovery path, which I know, you know, a lot about as well. Well, yeah, somebody was joking with somebody the other day and I said, my next book should be look both ways because (laughs) I've actually been hit by a car three times. And it's like what I was saying when I was in the back of the ambulance this last time with my daughter was, what can I learn from this? What do I need to learn Mm. from this? What did I, what do I need to learn from this that I didn't learn the previous time that I was hit by a car? And I love that you had this mantra that got you through that. This is a gift. And I don't know why this is a gift. I don't know what it is. What has that gift been for you? Oh my God. I mean, a, so many things. I love to make metaphors out of everything in my life. And so the, you know, you're what you were looking at is like, what can I learn from this? I remember so clearly I was meditating because that's really all I could do for the first couple of weeks. It's just like sit and meditate or I'd be crying. Mm. So I'm sitting and meditating. And I remember being like, God, I'm always in a rush to get somewhere. I'm never happy with where I am. I'm always trying to get somewhere further. And in this moment, if I had been any further, he would have killed me. Mm. However, what I did was I took a step back. Like that is something I very clearly remember as I took a step back and then the car hit me. And so the thought for me was, wow, can I just appreciate sometimes that it's actually about patience? It's not about rushing. It's about enjoying where you are and just being hyper aware. And I've always thought of myself as an aware person. And for me, you know, I've had a couple of people be like, how did you not see a car turn? I'm like, I just, in that moment, maybe I wasn't present. Maybe I was, you know, I know I was on my way home after a meeting to like get somewhere, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and so I've learned so much about myself and what was required of me at that time was to really look at my life and think through what if that was it, would I be okay? What haven't I achieved yet? Who am I not being in this moment that I really would like to be? So it was just a general upheaval of my life, looking at all of the areas of my life that maybe looked great on paper, but were not great internally. And as a result of that, I ended up firing all my clients, taking almost a year of really just getting into more like spiritual coaching and really looking at myself as a spiritual being who I have been for a very long time, but 
really diving deep into that because that was what was required. And then just a general like pruning of people in my life. It's like the people and the projects that I was looking at or involved in, do those people serve me? And so really taking inventory of my life was probably the best gift. And it's led me to this really powerful place that I feel right now that I've never had in my whole life. Wow. You know, I think that, well, I've never met anyone who has not been on a spiritual journey or some sort of awakening or transformation that it didn't involve or start with pain, you know, and for me, pain has been my biggest teacher and it can either lead you into becoming this new and better version of yourself, or it can take you down. And and for me, I was in that place too, where I was like, okay, I'm either going to die or I need to choose a different way. And Mm -hmm. literally I was like, I, I, it was like, I was at this crossroads and I was like, oh, I've got to make a decision. And so in making those decisions, I mean, it's scary when you have to let people go sometimes, especially that, you know, you're working for them. And I mean, I'm an overcoming people pleaser. Mm -hmm. And, and for so long, you know, I remember when my book launched or the day it published, and I have this amazing publicist that I work with. And she's like, you say yes to everything. I don't care what podcast, what blog post, what interview, what live, what, whatever say, yet you got to say yes. And so it wasn't until this year, actually, that I started saying no to some things, which is really hard. But a lot of times I always like pick a word or, you know, really set my intentions for the year. And my word has always been grit or resilience or persistence or persevere And this year. It's joy. I want to have more joy for the journey, you know, because so many of us are just working, 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 especially as an entrepreneur. And we're like, wait a minute, aren't, this is supposed to be fun. Like life is supposed to be fun. I mean, I'm all for working hard and I love the hustle and I love grit. I just want to share this with you really quick. Cause I'm so excited about it. I had a real hard time resting and I finally found a way for me to rest. I am like you was an athlete my whole life. And I think that athletes make an incredible entrepreneur because we have yes. that competitive. We want to go, we want to do it. Mm-hmm. Give me a goal and I'm on top of it. Well, I had to make rest. I realized it clicked for me this morning. I had to make rest part of like my business strategy and part of a plan for myself. And I just got this ring called Aura. Have you ever heard of it? Yeah. Yep. I've got one. You have one? Yep. Oh my God. I just got it. And this is the third day I've worn it. I'm in no way affiliated with them or anything, but I wake up excited to see, I go to bed, like, okay, I got to go to bed because I want my rest score to be like really good. I want to see what my deep sleep is. I want to, and do you know, it's really made me, it's like a competition for myself to see how much great sleep that I can get so I can do better. And that's so funny. That you have so a ring too. It's, it's amazing. Cause I actually woke up this morning and was like, Oh my God, I, I slept for nine hours. I'm recovering from a cold and I slept for nine hours. I was checking my aura ring. I'm like this, look at my data. I'm amazing. I was so excited to be like this. You know, I only woke up twice. That's, yeah. I love my ring. 
Yes. Isn't that crazy? But I mean, that's part of it. Like I was just like, okay, going, going, going on four hours of sleep, five hours of sleep. And you hear people say hustle, hustle. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. no, I need to like sleep so I can be alert and I can be more creative and productive. And so all these things, what have been some of the hardest things for you as far as when you decided to make this big shift and you got you got rid of all your clients. What, how did you go about doing that? What, and what were the first steps that you took to take better care of yourself? I mean, part of it, the reason I thought of this was just because I just decided this year to start doing that for myself because my health was kind of suffering, to be honest with you. And so I just want to know, how did you start making that shift for yourself? Well, I got really clear. I think that's the first thing is I got really clear on what kind of life I wanted to lead because so many people try to fit their life into their business. I work with a lot of entrepreneurs as opposed to your business into your life. And I, you know, I'm one of the first people to say your work is so important, but I also don't believe that it's the only thing that's important, right? I, there's so many other aspects of our lives that business or work is just such a small piece of it, even though it can feel all encompassing. If you're, you know, having a launch or doing whatever kind of promotion, you know, that feels really important, but I got really clear and I got clear by giving myself a lot of space. So at that time, you know, I would walk in Austin, I would walk the loop all the time. And one day I came home and I, it was like out of a movie. It felt like Bridget Jones, maybe where I closed the door and I just kind of slid down the door and I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And it was all about my work. I'm like, wow. And it actually really made me nervous because I've been business coaching for five to six years at that point. And I'm like, this is who I am. So what do, what do I mean? I don't want to do this. Like the words just fell out of my mouth out loud. And I was like, oh no, I have to acknowledge it now because it came out. And I realized now it actually wasn't what I was doing. It was who I was doing it with which was at that time, just exhausting me. And so there's a really important distinction there to figure out if you don't like what you're doing, what piece of it do you not enjoy versus throwing the whole baby out with the bathwater, right? So figuring out what piece don't you enjoy? And you can always find a replacement or change or transform that. The other piece about me uh, personally, as it relates to people, the thing that I don't think people ever talk about is they always say, you know, make room for what you want. And so then you go and you do that and you're like, okay, I'm just going to, you know, set some boundaries, reinforce those boundaries, which is also can be a challenge. And then when it comes to making room, well, what happens in the in-between, right? When they, if the acrobat, like let's go of the bar and you're in the free fall, nobody talks about the free fall because that's the part that's really uncomfortable where you're like, wait a second, where are all these people who are supposed to come into my life? to fulfill on what I want as part of my community. Where are those people? And for me, it lasted way longer than I thought. That was like a good five, six months of like, hold on a second, where is everybody? You know, and that led to a lot of loneliness and a lot of like deep reflection in me that was like, what am I willing to stick it out for the promise of better friends, of better clients, of a better life? And I was committed to that even in the deepest, darkest, lonely nights. And I was sharing about that on my podcast or, you know, on Instagram or with my friends, because I knew I was like, I can't be the only one feeling this way. So Mm -hmm. allowing myself that space to not have to fill it immediately, 
right? It's like silence, not having to fill the space just so that somebody doesn't become uncomfortable. It's actually just steeping in that silence and getting really honest with myself about what I'm committed to. And if that is true, then I don't need all of these things or people or whatever to fill that, to fill that void. So that is the the definition of grit though, actually, like you were willing to go through those really tough situations. Um, You know, I just did a talk. I just got back from Arizona and I talked about really how to build grit. And the first part of it Mm -hmm. was really looking to see what is your vision, creating a vision for yourself. And I mean, it, it sounds exactly like what you're describing, creating a vision for yourself, becoming a part of that vision and then feeding that vision with positivity. And, and how much are you willing to really go through hard times and suffer through sometimes just so, and have that patience to get to the place that you want. And a lot of times I think that, you know, it looks easy that some people are just overnight successes at what they do. And it's like, I love that you share so honestly and vulnerably about, you know, that it, it wasn't so easy. It wasn't a piece of cake, but you had this vision and you were willing to stick it out to do it. One of your quotes that I love really hit home for me. And it, cause I had a friend of mine tell me one time she could see how hard I was working. And I was in the ER like six times in one year and I was like killing myself. And she's like, you know, Amberly, your impact is only as strong as you are healthy. And I was like, whoa. And you wrote, you have a quote saying our businesses are only as strong as the personal foundation it's built on. And I love that. That really hit home because you started taking care of yourself in every way. So we talked about like getting sleep and you're like, woohoo, nine Mm -hmm. hours. I'm a freaking rock star, which totally shifts your perspective, right? Where, I mean, it really does. Cause I slept in this morning. I usually get up at five and I slept till six and I woke up to how great I got seven hours of sleep. And it was like, wow, I got seven hours of sleep. I'm so awesome. It's that shift in your perspective, but then also taking a look, that distinction that you made between, is it the work that you don't like doing, or is it the people that you work with? Cause I feel like everything is energy. And when you mm-hmm. are working around or with some energy vampires, of course, you're going to be drained. And so setting up those healthy boundaries, which sometimes means you got to let them go, (laughs) which is not always easy, but if you want to succeed and you want a fulfilling life, it's what you have to do. But now you work with huge brands. I just saw that you're working with this huge fitness company and you're the head of client acquisition. Now, how did you get into that? And it's for the global fitness brand, Muscle Intelligence. How did you get into that? So one of the things that really came up for me in my getting clear uh, about where headed, who I am, who I know myself to be, right? Those are like the big, powerful questions that I was asking myself. And one of the things that I saw was, I was carrying a lot of weight that didn't feel like mine. It was a really weird sensation where all of a sudden something clicked for me. It was last February, February, 2021. 
And there was just a moment that I had where literally everything changed. And I know it was February 1st, so 2-1-2-1. And I just realized, I'm like, this isn't me. This is not, what am I doing? And it was Mm -hmm. just this really great awakening for me. And so as a result of that, I just recommitted to who I know myself to be. And that was somebody who's fit and somebody who looks the part and someone who's powerful and strong, both physically, mentally, emotionally, all of those. And one of the biggest commitments for myself in 2021 was to drop the weight. And it's since then I've lost over 50 pounds, which it was 50 pounds. It was 50 pounds in eight. Wow. And it was so crazy to me because it was just all made in a decision. Like the moment I decided it's done and I'm like, okay, I knew what I looked like, what I was supposed to look like. And so I lost 50 pounds being committed to discipline, being committed to myself, to looking the part, right? I'm like, I talk to these really powerful people, these big leaders, people who other people look up to. That's that's me. And so when I started doing it, I started looking for help and looking for some guidance because I clearly wasn't doing it right. And as a result, you know, what I talk a lot about is that it wasn't about the W-E-I-G-H-T, like the physical weight. It was, but it wasn't. It was so much deeper with the emotional weight, W-A-I-T. It was me waiting for something or a project or a person or a team or whatever it was. I decided to stop waiting and just do it. So I just got on with it. And that was all of my year last year, which has been the most incredible gift for me as part of my transformation, uh, you know, stemming from the accident. And as a result of that, getting involved with muscle intelligence, you know, I run all of the client acquisition. So anything from attracting our dream clients, how do we do that? Well, we do that because we know who we are and I can buy into that vision. I've been on that journey. I talk to men and women all the time who are unsure or they don't feel good in their body, but they've got these hugely successful businesses behind them. Mm-hmm. And you're, you know, the quote that you used of mine, the personal foundation, any of the business coaching I've ever done over the last eight years, it all goes personal first because mm-hmm. our business is a reflection of who we are. And so if you've built your business on a rocky foundation, it's never going to go anywhere. So that's always what I'm looking for is like, who are we? Who are you? And how do we create a business around that? How do we create a message and the marketing channels and the marketing message ultimately to get the right people on board and repel the wrong people? And I've done that several times in my career. (laughs) So I felt like I know very well how to do that. (laughs) Well, you know, I love that you were like, it was a decision. Like you made a decision. And I think, you know, you can't just command. And then the universe is like, okay, I'm listening. Or, you know, Mm -hmm. you can't just add God to create the ideal life. You really have to take action deliberately. And sometimes that means investing in yourself and a coach, but really, again, you became this vision and you just decided. And once you decided you were like, oh yeah, I'm doing this, but Mm -hmm. it's so true, Phoebe. Like I noticed if I've seen somebody who's really successful, but their personal life is just a mess or they're, they're Mm -hmm. unhealthy, they look unhealthy to me, they lose credibility, you know, and I'm not saying I'm perfect. Shoot. I am far from it. And I look 
a mess a lot of times. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying for me, health and wellness is utmost priority and then the rest will follow. But without my health, I've got nothing without my sobriety. I have nothing. I always say that without my spiritual growth every day, Mm -hmm. I've got nothing. And so, man, you are just like the poster child for this company, for people who do want to make that decision to let go of the weight. And I just had this conversation with a client of mine yesterday. You know, I still have a handful of clients that I train. I was a fitness trainer for 26 years, and I still have some clients that I train through Zoom that I love. And she was asking me a question. And I said, I don't think you should wait anymore. I think this is your year to not wait and to do what your heart has been calling you to do. So don't wait. (laughs) <laughs> and to to hear you, I can't wait to share this episode with her. Yeah, well, so many people are, they're waiting for someone to rescue them or they're waiting for a business or someone to knock on the door or, and it's just about getting that within yourself, understanding why that's important and then just showing up every day for yourself. And that's when I decided to take it all into my own hands, which it's always been, but it just had to be, a conscious decision for myself to be like, wait a second, what am I doing? And I didn't even realize how much I was holding onto. And so it felt like it didn't feel hard because I knew how to, I then got the support and I knew exactly what I needed to do to get there. But it's amazing how much I underestimated how great feeling good can actually be and what like the impact of what that looks like in all other areas of my life. I didn't realize that. I didn't realize, you know, when we say that we make these almost snap decisions or judgments about the way people look like that's, we don't mean to, we, we just do. It's human nature. It it really is. It's human nature. And so you see someone, yeah, you're like, I see you at the top of your field, but you don't look good or you don't have a relationship with your family or whatever it was. And last year, my mantra was falling in love. And I just said, I was like, I want to, I don't want to just like myself. I want to fall in love with myself. I don't want to just like my business. I want to love it. And so I just like infused this love into everything that I was doing. And it sounds so cheesy, but it was like the motivation that I needed to actually fall in love with my life and every aspect of it. And, you know, some are better than others and, you know, I'm better than others, um, you know, in certain ways, but It was this idea that I wanted to be my own role model because I was so sick of looking out to everyone else to role model for me. And it's not anyone's responsibility to be a role model for me. It's my responsibility to be a role model for myself. And so I took that job upon myself and was like, what does my role model look like? Who is that woman? And I'm just going to show up and become that. And so my, you know, my podcast is all about unbecoming, like shedding what's not you. So that was the year after my accident was like shedding all the stuff that wasn't me. And then I could actually become the woman that wanted to be the role model for myself. And it was this really interesting dynamic to live in one and then step into the other. And it's been just really interesting to see how other people respond and how my business has taken off and how, you know, just certain areas of my life have completely shifted because now, I, I want to talk decision. about that, people mm. responding. Now, I'm sure you've had some 
good response, really good response. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you've had some maybe bad response of people Mm -hmm. because anytime you change, people are like, Ooh, you've changed. Or or I've had people in my life that I didn't know at the time, but they kind of liked it when I was down, you know, let me kick her when she's down. That sounds terrible. But I mean, did you have a response from people that were, you lost some friends that they didn't like the transformation in you? Or was everybody like, Ooh, we love this. No, no. I wish I could say that that was the case, but change is confronting, right? Change confronts other people and puts them in their mess. And so when you see me succeeding or I all of a sudden have muscles and abs and, you know, it's like, Whoa, what does that say about you? So I've been good. I can't say I'm great at it, but I've been good about understanding that what, you know, your judgment of me is a reflection of you. So that's great. It doesn't always happen. Certain comments sting. Right. But in a lot of my conversations, when I feel like it's taking a negative turn or it would be easier for them if I wasn't me or, or this way or fit, then it's taking a moment to just remember this has nothing to do with me and everything to do with them. And so I have lost friends who are like, Oh, I don't know you anymore. And who, who do you think you are to do X, Y, and Z? And, and that's okay because we're just not a match. We're not, you were talking about energy. I'm a big believer. Everything's energy. So Mm -hmm. we're just not a match anymore. And if I can stay in that frequency or vibration to say, okay, I'm going to keep what's mine and I'm going to let go of what's not mine because this actually doesn't have anything to do with me. It's such a much more empowering stance than me then to just layer on top my judgment of their judgment. And then it becomes, you know, not productive at all. So yeah, I totally agree. I'm sure, but I'm glad you shared that. I mean, because I've experienced that as well. And a book that really helped me with that, that I always remember is the four agreements. Have you read that book? Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, I like the be impeccable with your word, but I think one of the things that I remember often about the four agreements is don't take anything personally and realize that, yeah, you're a mirror to what somebody is not doing or maybe what somebody is doing And it's powerful when we can just let it go and stay in our lane. You know, I have to remember, stay in my lane, you know, and and so that was powerful. Thank you for sharing that. But I wanted to ask you also, a lot of people that do feel like they're on the edge of burnout, like they're working their butts off and they are really, you know, they're, they're getting gritty and they've got a purpose and they have a story, they have a vision and they're trying to become this vision. What would you suggest for them to do to prevent burnout? Well, first off, just the awareness that you're headed there is a great step in the right direction. So I always say, I'm like, I I had a mentor of mine who said, in the absence of clarity, take action. And for me, that didn't work. I was like, but then I just take action. And then I go over here when I wanted to go over there. So I amended it. And I said, in the absence of clarity, make space. And so I just, I have a really intentional, um, or I set out some real intentional time for me to create space for me to remember a who I am, be what I want and see how to get there. And so when I'm headed towards burnout, it's just pulling back and I'm a big calendar person. I love everything to be scheduled. And so I will just put different, um, me too. you know, calendar reminders. I love it. Yep. <laughs> like, like on the computer, but also paper. 
Yeah. Yep. Yep. I'm with you. And that's like, if it's not scheduled, it won't happen. Mm -hmm. So just carving out that time and asking myself and sitting with questions, big questions. So um, one of the things that I get asked all the time, right, in these personal development workshops, people are like, you know, what do you really want in life? And I, I have my, I'm sure like anyone listening, maybe you too, you know, I have these like canned responses that I would always say, well, I wanted to create this you know, it used to be adventure experiences for entrepreneurs and it would just get everybody off my back and no one would ask any more questions. But I just started realizing I don't want to have a canned life, a canned response life, right? So instead of what do you want, if that question to you is like, well, I don't know what I want, or you find yourself coming up with the same things all the time. I just amended, uh, I came up with alternative questions to these or alternative questions to the, like the world's biggest questions, like, who are you? What do you want? All these. And one of mine was, wouldn't it be awesome if blank? And that's part of my journaling prompt. And so instead of what do I want, it just removes the pressure Mm -hmm. of what do you want? Well, it has to be this one thing and that's your thing forever to wouldn't it be awesome if, and then I just, I do this with my clients and it's almost like a brainstorming thing. It's a really fun game to play with people that you love and the only acceptable response is, yes, that would be awesome. You're not allowed to go into it or anything. One of my clients recently, she's like, wouldn't it be awesome if I just went into the grocery store and bought groceries for everybody in there? I'm like, yeah, that would be awesome. Wouldn't it be awesome if I changed careers and went over? Yeah, that would be awesome. It just allows the creative brain to start unraveling in the direction that your heart is leading it towards. So it's no longer about well, what do I want? I want $10,000 a month or I want a million clients by this. It's like, okay. Or wouldn't it be awesome if I could transform the lives of 50 women over the next year? That would be amazing. Right. Mm, Wouldn't it? And just let your body tell you what it wants. That's one of the biggest transformations for me in the last year. Losing so much weight was like, now I actually hear my body. Now, when I say transforming 50, like my hair stands up, and I'm like, whoa, okay. Like I can feel it. It's a, it's a real physical desire for me to help, you know, women and help business owners do what it is that they want to do. And that really stems from creating the space and asking yourself the right questions. Oh, I love that. So create some space, take some time for yourself. And as I'm hearing you say that, you know, my 13 year old daughter, she, I'm like, she must be listening to your podcast because she says that all the time. Well, she actually says, wouldn't it be nice? And she says something like we have a new fish aquarium. Wouldn't it be so nice if you had a beautiful fish aquarium in your office? Wouldn't it be nice if we went on a scooter ride? Like all these things, but she has been saying that a lot. And it does, it it just makes life like fun and like an adventure, you know? And so I love that you don't have like some canned, because you hear a lot of those responses and it puts pressure on, it has Mm -hmm. to be this way. And I remember when I first got into speaking and I went to this speaker coach, who was awesome, but it was very, it has to be this way and you have to dress this way. And of course you have to appear this way. And I could see the transformation in myself. I had some, you know, you have pictures that pop up on your phone, a memory of me when I first started speaking and I'm like in a, this very stiff business pantsuit. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so, I just posted a video of this last speaking event and I had somebody say, 
where you, where's your outfit from? And I'm like, you know, I don't even think about that or exactly what I look like. I just dress that what feels good and what feels fun and brings me joy. And I listen to my body and somebody was like, oh, well, wow, you're dressed pretty crazy. And I didn't know you could dance. And I'm like, oh, you hadn't seen me dance. That's just a little (sighs) bit of something. Then I thought this year when you said, I want, I, I can actually hear my body and feel what your body's telling you. And it's interesting because this is the first time I'm like, I want to have that joy and dance on stage. If I want to dance on stage and stop taking myself so seriously. So at this last event, I actually got this young girl who was 16 to tap dance with me. And then I even got her mom to tap dance with me. That's so awesome. It was so much fun, you know? And it was like, I don't have to be this like very serious speaker that's on stage who doesn't talk to anybody in the audience. You must go backstage. I'm like, no, I want to talk to everybody. Yeah. Well, and the the greatest thing about that, and this is what, where I feel like, you know, when I'm thinking through different sales conversations that I'm having or strategies, or even just me being with my friends, me being myself gives everyone else permission to just be them. We can just like, Hey, let's just like cut all the stuff that doesn't work for us. The, you know, I have to get off stage and this is what we do. And we walk in a single file line and we kind of look miserable and we sit in the green room and don't talk to anybody. And that doesn't work for me. That doesn't work for me. And it's interesting. I want to be dressed in a fun outfit or I want people to understand that, you know, entrepreneurship or business or or just being a human comes in all shapes and flavors and sizes and who cares. And that was one of my guiding principles last year was like, who cares? Because if I care too much, then I'm not myself and I'm too in my head. It's like when I actually just show up and I think, since my accident, my podcast blew up because the first one back, I was having such memory issues that I couldn't actually remember what I was saying as I was saying it. And I showed up anyway. And I remember just sitting in my closet <laughs> talking because it was dark and my eyes were hurting. And my brain was hurting. And I remember saying on air, I was like, I have no idea what I just said, but I'm going to keep going. And I was so honest mm-hmm. and just about my life and my experience. And people want more of that. And they want more of it because then they can see themselves in, in it, right? You, you can see yourself in a moment where you're like, I have no idea what I'm talking about, but I'm going to bring it back to a point here somewhere sometime, you know, and that gives people permission to live out their dreams and to lose 50 pounds if they've got to lose 50 pounds to get honest with yourself. If this isn't working, then okay, you know, you've got two choices or you've got, it doesn't matter if you choose, it's you know, it's that you are going to choose. It's what you choose. Choose to be the same, have this default future. You know where you're headed based on where you are today or make a shift, make a change and start actually putting something together. So, you know, if you're on track, I mean, it's all to me fun, which is when you said that, like for me, fun is the number one guiding principle. I'm like, I just, if you're not having fun, what are you doing? Uh It just doesn't make any sense to me. Thank you for saying that. I had a real FOMO feeling last night. I had to say no to speaking at this big mastermind that's happening next week. But I was like, yeah, it all sounds fun. But I took in consideration like my health 
being away from my family. Like in the past, I would have just said, yes, I'll be there. Then I'm like, well, wait a minute. Am I recovered from this last trip? Like really recovered from it? Is it really going to be fun for me to travel across the country again and sacrifice time and having fun with my family? Is it worth it? And I started for the first time in my life, really kind of following the fun, like what my heart desires. And yeah, in my head, I had to talk myself down off the ledge. (laughs) It's like, oh, I think I made a mistake. I should have said yes to that. Look at all those entrepreneurs that are going to be there. I could see and be, oh, actually I could have been with our friend, Anthony trucks is going to be there. Yeah. All the, and I'm like, I should have said yes. And I'm like, nope. Amberly, what's meant for you will come your way. Just because you said no this time, it doesn't mean that you're going to lose out on an opportunities in the future. It means you're taking care of yourself. Like, yep. you know, and so you saying that really helped me in this moment. Mm. I mean, seriously, y'all, I do this podcast because I want to share struggles to success, but I also do it very selfishly because it's like a free coaching session for myself yes. right now. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. It's so great. You pick up on little things and that's it. It's like the message that you send out, you know, to the universe or just to yourself is that, Hey, I'm worth it. Put me above everybody. Right. Even I, I work with a lot of parents, you know, and my partner has kids. And so I kind of have found myself in that role occasionally. And it's the, well, kids come first. Well, if your health and you, if you don't come first, nobody else can can come after. Mm-hmm. So making sure that you are solid with your decisions and, and I've had to redefine fun for myself. And why was, you know, going to a barbecue and eating everything? Like, why was that fun? Well, because then I could be relatable. And then it was like, what, hold on back up, you know, reverse engineer fun. And what does that actually mean? Well, I think being fit with my friends would actually be, you know, taking good care of myself is way more fun than just regretting all my decisions tomorrow morning. Like why, why is that fun? Mm -hmm. But because it's been that pattern for so long, all it takes is a little awareness, a little, you know, attention, and then just reverse engineering. What is it? What life am I actually creating? So, you know, good on you for taking care of yourself. That's awesome. Thank you. It's been a long time to get to this point to where I'm actually going, wait a minute, let me, let me see, check in with myself. And And I really have, I'm telling you, put my health first. And, you know, when we first moved to Dallas, like my goal was let me get a solid foundation. And what does that look like for me? And so I think it's an important question to ask yourself, whether you've moved across the country or halfway across the country, or you've changed gears or jobs or whatever it is to look at that foundation that you're on, how can you make it solid? And for me, it was like the first thing I had to do was find a gym. Well, first thing I had to find, luckily I have recovery meetings online, but I'm like, I need to find a sober community right here in Dallas. I need to find a gym and I got to find a barn for my daughter so she can be around her horse friends and ride. And so that was like the second day we were here, we were at the barn. My husband having furniture delivered. And I'm like, see ya, we're going to the barn. We got to get grounded. We got to get our foundation strong. So yeah, yeah, I love what you share. And 
your last podcast episode, y'all check out her podcast. It's amazing. I think you get like something like 240, 250,000 listeners, not a month, every single week that tune in to your show and you help them release what's holding them back and realign their core values and step into the truth of who they really are. And I love all you shared today. I want people to have an opportunity to either be able to work with you, listen to your podcast or see where you're going to be next. So what's the best way for people to find you? Instagram is the best place at Phoebe Morocek. And then on the podcast, I love inviting more people in to just having this conversation about getting honest about what's holding you back so that you can unbecome, so that you actually become the person, the woman, the man that you know yourself to be. And so I work every year with a handful of people where I actually personally mentor them and help them step into a healthier version of themselves, a wealthier version of themselves and a more loving version. I think that's the piece that, you know, we've talked about a lot today is that foundational, you know, the personal foundation, what does that look like? And for me personally, it was a little embarrassing to admit all of the things that were in the closet, you know, that I wasn't really sure about who I was or you know, what I was portraying when I got honest and I felt comfortable spilling my guts with somebody. I was like, that's who I know myself to be is that person I'm in your corner. I've got your back. You know, what you share is always confidential. And as a result, your bank account goes up, your relationships go up, they increase, they improve, you know, and then obviously your business can thrive. Mm. And it starts with that awareness, getting really honest with yourself. It's not easy, but it is transformative. So I appreciate you sharing that too. Also, y'all check out her website. That'll be in the show notes because she has a beautiful website and check her out on Instagram. If there's a part of this show that really hit home for you, please take a screenshot, whether you're watching this on YouTube or you're listening on your favorite podcast platform and tag us both at Amberly. Logo motivation and say your name. You say it better than me on Instagram. Phoebe Morocek. Yeah, Morocek. I like Mm -hmm. how you told me in the beginning. It's like bro with a Morocek. Did I say it? Okay. Yep. Bro, (laughs) but with an M check, like you write a check. Okay. Got it now. (laughs) Phoebe. Thank you so much for being on the show. We've had this on the books for like six months, I think. And I'm so Mm -hmm. glad that I finally got to connect with you and it's perfect timing. So thank you for sharing your wisdom, your amazing transformative story. Congratulations on your weight loss and your success. And I hope that one day you were going to be back in Austin. So I'm driving there next week because I really selfishly wanted to see you, but I know our paths will cross in person soon. And I hope to see you on Clubhouse again or hear you on, are you on Clubhouse a lot? Uh, I was, and then I kind of got sidetracked with other business projects, but I might get back on. We'll see. Instagram's really the place that I love to share and to talk to people. So maybe we could do an Instagram live at some point. Yeah, we should do that. Okay. We're going to do it right before this airs. We're going to go on live. That's perfect. Okay. Let's do it. Well, and I just want to say real quick, thank you for having me on the show. Since our first conversation, I was like, we are just like instant friends. And I mm-hmm. appreciate so much of what you do for your community. And I watch, you know, I'm one of these lurkers who pays attention to your stuff. And so I really am so impressed with how you show up for the people that matter to you in your family life and your community. You do such an amazing job. And, you know, it's an honor for me to be here, but just, you know, to, to call you a friend and a new friend at that, you know, I'm really excited for, for what's in store for us. So anytime you are 
around. When I come to Austin, I will make the drive to Dallas and see you. And, you know, I look forward to what's in store for our friendship. Me too. Thank you. Well, just so you know, we're getting our guest bedroom in order right now. We just started that yesterday, so it'll be ready for you. Excellent. (laughs) We'll have some fun. Well, thank you so much. It's always a joy when I get to talk to you. And until we go live on Instagram, I'll talk to you next time. Okay. Thanks for for tuning in, y'all.